Amen. We want to uh, welcome you. But, amen, we're going to uh, uh, turn our Bibles this night to Psalms 127, verse 4 and 5. 127. Psalms 127. Happy Father's Day once again. Hopefully you had a great Father's Day. And, amen. And, and someone said, amen, I would have had a great Father's Day if it wasn't for all these kids. Amen. Amen. Don't go on these kids ruined my Father's Day. Amen. And so, amen. <laughs> amen. And, amen. Kids make the Father. Amen. Amen. So, amen. It's a tremendous blessing. And, and I want to I preach this, this evening on the things I learned from my father, which will be a short sermon. Amen. It's not... Amen. The things I've learned from my father, amen, uh, is, is something, again, I didn't get into after the fact. I mean, there's something about uh, the father, again, as we want to minister tonight, amen, something very important in your, in your as fathers, uh, something I, 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 I learned from my father is grace and redemption. Grace and redemption is something that, it comes from the father, I believe, very much. Moms have a nice way of saying things, and moms do help our lives, and again, Mother's Day is another day, but amen, fathers, today, I believe there's something very powerful that we can learn, is that a father can redeem. A father is the purpose many times, is we don't see his love at times, we don't see the flowery words and say, oh, does daddy love you? Daddy loves you. No, we didn't get to say that too much, but many times it's the father that can have a redeeming factor in the marriage, in the home, and for our young kids and our families, amen, it's something very, very powerful is what we do with our families. So, amen. I want to read Psalms 127, verse 4 and 5. But before I do, if you can go ahead, put the picture of, uh, there's my dad, amen. He's not in the dress blues. I'm in the dress blues. So, amen. That's the uh, picture of my dad, amen, is, is he's not in Marine Corps shape anymore. But, he, amen, that was my probably one of my favorite photos of him. Uh, because in two more months, he would pass away. He would go into eternity. That was my last photo with him. And that's something very precious to me. Again, again, I, I was just gotten saved, just barely saved. He had been saved for maybe uh, about three or four years, again, from an alcoholic life and, and his, his messed up life uh, to re- being redeemed, being saved, and then trying to redeem me and, and telling me about Jesus. But like many times when you're stubborn in rebellion, you say, okay, thank you, Dad. I don't need you. To, you know, I don't need to hear this. But again, two months, about two and a half months later, he would be into eternity. And, again, there's moments that I said, man, I wish, it was, I was 19 at the time, I wish I learned a little bit more about my dad, I wish I would have gleaned some more off him, because the wisdom of my life, I mean, a lot of things, it's amazing what he showed me in those few years of his salvation. Even though I didn't understand it, didn't re- really receive it, as I look back with God's grace and God's wisdom upon my life, I said, man, I see what he was trying to show me, and there's something about the redemption and healing that a father can have. And so I want to preach that tonight. Amen. You can go ahead and take that down if you want. Amen. Psalms 127, verse 4 and 5. As the arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of youth. Happy is a man to have a quiver of, full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Amen. Amen. Happy is a man that there's something that we have been given. God gives us as fathers an influence. Fathers, amen, it's very important that we understand this. 
as that from the very beginning of our, our, our children being born, there's an influence even before that, how our marriages and how our life is formed and how we treat people. It does have an a, a, a influence in their young lives. And as the kids are brought into our families, boys and girls, there's something about a father, something about a father. Mothers are, again, tremendous influence. But a father, I believe, is, is, is taken away the, 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 the importance of a father is diminished in, in society. We don't need a father, but I can tell you, we need good godly men to help us and guide us. But there's something about a father that can only God, only a father can do. And so I want to preach again on that, amen. There's something important. Your, your role as a father is very important. Someone once said, and say actually a, 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 pro, a proverb, proverbial saying in the 18th century, just as the twig, twig is bent, the tree is inclined. So if you bend that twig, amen, eventually that twig, amen, it grows up and eventually becomes bent. And if we're not careful, if we don't start off right at a young age, start to instruct our families and guide our families, that, that tree can be bent and it can be cause a whole lot of problems in our future. There's a great influence of a father. See, it's our responsibility, the arrows in the hand of a mighty man. It's no one else's responsibility but his. It doesn't say a mighty woman, but a mighty man. Here is a great influence of a Christian father or a man of God. This is something very, very powerful. Again, growing up in my house, my dad was not saved. He did not serve God to the latter part. When I was 14, maybe 15, started going to church. But amen, at that time, I didn't want church alone and, 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 and never complained, never said, you guys are a bunch of uh, worthless people. But he went to church and served God. And tried to do his best without his family seeing or getting redeemed. And so the, the power of that, that personal life, the responsibility of a man, is very, very important. God only knows the potential in that, that quiver, in that, 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 the arrows. God only knows the importance that, that God has given you an opportunity to speak into your kids, to, to influence your kid. It's very, very vital that as a father you take this responsibility and, and take it. Say, so, you know what, I'm going to do my level best to, to be the best father I can be. And maybe you've made some mistakes in your life. And you've, you've come, man, I, I, didn't, I wasn't a, a Christian. And my kids, can I, they've grown up. And without a, 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 the godly influence, can I tell you, there's still areas you can help out. And you can make those arrows a purpose for God. Something very important, amen, is, is the aim that God wants to do. Exodus 4, verse 2 and 5, the Lord said to him, what is in thy hand? And he said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground. And he came a serpent, and Moses fled before it. And, Mo and the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thy hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and he caught it, and it came a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. It's not going to be by your own ability. I mean, granted, we have a great godly influence. Parents can have some, some good insight. Unsaved parents can, can raise some good kids. I'm not saying that, but there's something about, amen, if you are going to raise a family, especially a father, you're going to need every bit of God's help. You're going to need every bit of God's help, amen. We think we're all that in a bag of chips, amen. We, we get married, they say, well, you know what, I want somebody that looks like me, so we have our children, and it looks like the mom. Man, hey, this is not fair. The kid looks like my wife. I mean, this is not fair. Why, what about me? But we do that, and all of a sudden, the pressure is, man, I've got to raise this kid. I've got to raise this. And so the influence, I mean, is something good or bad. Can, I can make him or I can break him. 
And so that's the responsibility. I mean, I've got to provide for the weight of this is something very, very important. The things that they become or do has to rest in my ability to touch God, but also God has to God get involved in their lives. I've got to also find a place where they meet with God. I've got to facilitate the meeting that they fall in love with Jesus. But it's also the responsibility of a father to say, you know what, I'm going to be the godly man you've called me to be, God. So what's in your hands? What's in your hands? Amen. And again, when you're a young father, you don't know a lot of things. I didn't know a lot of things. So as we go along, it's, man, I, I made some mistakes, made some blunders in life. And I look back as a miracle that all through all the blunders, and I was saved, but I have made some blunders raising my kids. Somehow, some way, God got involved. All the things that I made mistakes, somehow God got involved. And I tried to instruct my sons and my daughter, when you have them young, tell them about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. Take some time in your busy schedule to bring that word of God and speak, read the word of God, explain to them they have a great things called, a, there's a little kid books. I mean, start telling them about Jesus. They don't get it, but you know what? They do. They do. Many of our, 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 our kids, I mean, they go to the, 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 the Sunday school. They don't maybe understand the concept altogether, but they, it, 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 it's a father or mother explaining the scripture or telling them about how Jesus loves them and how he can heal, he can touch them. And that there's something about that foundation that is very, very vital. And fathers, it does start with you. It does start with you. Amen. Give them Jesus. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, Be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Followers of me. Exampleship, exampleship, exampleship. Do your kids see you as a Christian? Do they see the influence? Do they see you praying? Do they see you reading? Do they see you speaking about Jesus? Again, my father, when I was a teenager... Again, not saved, amen, and, and, and watching my father, he would go to church, but he would pray. He would pray and go to that church. Why are you going to church, Dad? And, and he would try his best to serve God. I remember a neighbor was, was going through some things, and he started to reach out and care about this guy's soul. Amen. And, and I'm like, what? Just leave the guy alone, Dad. He, the dude doesn't want to hear about Jesus. What do you want to keep pestering him about this Jesus? But there's something that was changing in my father's heart. And then I saw that exampleship, didn't receive it, receive it at the time, didn't understand what he was doing, but there was something that God was using to get my attention as a reference point. I wasn't going to get saved for a few more years, but there's something I look back and say, that's, that's a godly man. That's a godly man, and he was an exampleship of what a heart for God should be. Someone once said, one father is more than a hundred schoolmasters. The father has an influence. The father has an, a way of saying things. Someone, again, many times our fathers do not. Amen. Uh, my father never sat me down and, and many times said, I love you, and said speak, sweet words and, and encouraged me. Many times, man, stop that. Don't do that. You knucklehead. Stop that. And many times that's okay. 
I mean, as fathers are, are very tough at times because, again, this is what we want to raise our kids to be, especially young boys, as we want them to be not sissies. I mean, we want them to be godly men. We want them to have a little bit of steel in their backbones. But there's something about that, amen. As, as a father, I would love to have seen and understood what my father was doing. And I wish I would have got my life right with God at the time because so much more I could have went. I never heard uh, or never went on outreach with my father. I would love to have gone out with outreach. I would have loved to have seen my father open in prayer at church, but yet I didn't hear it because I was doing my own thing. There's something about a godly father. You see them serving God. And as fathers, we do need to discipline our kids. And this is sometimes the hardest times is when we have to discipline them and correct them and guide them. But that's what fathers should do. That's what fathers should do. Amen. No one can discipline, amen, more like a father. Again, as the mom can say, stop, 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 stop. The kid's going to, you ain't going to do nothing to me. And you could pow, pow them. Papa, don't do that again. The kid, <laughs> didn't hurt. But when dad comes, the lawnmower, he pulls that belt off. Come here, son. I'm going to. Oh, Lord, help me. Please. Oh, no, no. There's something about the father. Amen. I, I don't know, but in my house, it was actually my wife. She hit him a little harder than me. She got that metal, or that plastic spoon. My kids like, bah, how, how about that? Mom hits a harder than that with that plastic spoon in the same spot over. I said, man, I, I need to tighten up. But there's something about the discipline that comes, amen, especially uh, a father can give guidelines. I mean, I've done uh, enough team boot camps that where young girls and young men say, you know what, I want my father, I want my father to tell me no. I want him to set guidelines. There's one girl I remember in the Cape Cod uh, thing we were talking to. She says, you don't understand. I just want my father to say no to me. He allows me to do anything. I can go out and do whatever I want, and I do it, and I get ripped off. I wish he would have just told me restrictions. I would have hated him. I would have kicked against him. But looking back, there's something about restriction. A father saying, no, you're not going to do that. Sons and daughters, Proverbs 29, verse 15, the rod of reproof gives wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Amen. That's why we have a lot of kids today. They call it police brutality. It's something, amen, their mom and dad should have done. If the police have to correct your kids, that's something you should have done years ago. It's a lack of discipline. That's why the police have to do it. And that's a free one. Amen. If you correct your kids nine times out of ten, you won't have the police have to correct them. But it starts at the home. Father saying, you know what? You don't do that. You don't do that. There should be a little bit of fear when dad, amen, has to come home and correct you. Oh, Lord, it's been nice knowing you, family. It's been nice knowing you. And again, not that we have that fear in our lives, but there's something about it. You know what? I've done messed up. And there's consequences for those. And this is a part of a father. Is it See, I need to instruct you. I need to, you need to follow what I say and, and guide the family. You only get so many years with your kids. They're young, they're innocent, they're easy. When we come to teenage years, oh, Lord, have mercy. You had better raise them right in the younger years. pastor used to laugh at me. He says, one of my teens, and they said, <laughs> now you understand. They're easy when they're young, but when they become teenagers, they make their own decisions at times. 
And that's something, if you didn't instill God in them then, if you didn't correct them then, it's going to be hard, not impossible, but it's going to be hard to correct them when they're teens. So it starts now, Father. They need to see a good marriage. They need to see a good marriage. I, didn't, I don't know if my mom and dad ever argued. I'm sure they have. I know because my aunts and uncles have told me. But I never really seen them argue. I never seen them argue. There's some problems in life, I'm sure, but I never seen them. I mean, my mom and dad, for the most part, loved each other. That's something, again, is, is I, I give it to my father and my mom. I said, man, thank God they did that. They loved without God in their marriage. There's something about having a godly marriage. It's very, very important. They need to see exampleship. Again, can they see you praying? Can they see you on outreach? Can they see what this gospel means to you? What's important? My, my dad, he's, he's doing this, he's doing that. That's important to him. Or is Jesus important? Do you speak about Jesus? Do you tell others about Jesus? Do you live the gospel life? That's what's going to really matter. That's what's going to matter, the exampleship of a Christian man. Fathers, we can do this. Also, fathers, it's okay to say you love your kids. I, again, I, I, I learned that from my father. He would hug me and kiss me, and, then, and, and I never looked at that as a shameful thing. Again, as, as wrestling matches, there's my father. Give him a hug. I'm not afraid to hug my kids. They might be afraid. Hey, man, I might have to kiss them. Hey, man, oh, give them a kiss. And I, I know, but I, I said, man, no, I'm not afraid to say I love my kids. In public, man, I'm not afraid to hug them. But, yeah, there's something about that that's so very valuable because as a young man, it's needed. It's needed. As a young girl, it's needed. But yet there's the godly example. And it all comes down to God has given you how many arrows in your quiver. And how you aim that child or where you direct it to make or break it is very important. If you don't say I love you or I care, but you hug them, kiss them. Man, they're going to grow without that. And they say, man, I'm going to aim wherever I want to go. But they say, you know what, at least my father does love me. At least I have that. See, God cares about your investment. Mark chapter 10, verse 14, but when Jesus saw it, he was ignit, had indignation and said to them, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for such belongs to the kingdom of God. There's many times that kids don't see the importance or people don't see the importance of kids. But here Jesus said, no, let them come to me. I need to be a part of their lives. And this is something very important. God wants to be a part of your children's life. You as a father, you have a family. It's very important that God wants to be a part of that. But there's times in our lives, the best father, the best example, you're going to maybe raise kids that miss the mark. You might have done everything right, spoke to them perfectly, raised them as best you could. But ultimately, they have to decide to serve God. And that is the heartache of a father, especially a Christian man. Man, I'm serving God. I'm doing right. Why are my kids living like the devil? I did everything within my power. And we can take a good look at our lives. Man, I've done it. And look back and say, what did I do wrong? And I can link it to maybe my sins in my life. So, okay, I can see that. Well, I can see that. I can see that. And I have to repent of that because the effects of my life do have a role on my sons and my daughters. They have an effect on that. They have, a, 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 if, my, if I do wrong, it affects them. 
It has an impact on the, on the family and society. That's why God wants men to be godly men and, to, and, and say, you know what, I'm going to live the best life I can. But what happens when you do everything or when you find yourself having made mistakes and the effects are now being brought up in your own home? How do you redeem that? How do you redeem the effects of your sins when you realize when you aimed your kids, they missed the mark? That hurts. That hurts. I've talked to many, many parents. They don't understand it. I've done everything. I've done the pastor. I've done everything. I thought God said this and this. And I thought, well, can we tell you, God's still in the control. It's still not over yet. But many times, amen, when we miss it, when we see we make mistakes, we get, are given grace. But how about our kids? When they make mistakes, I believe it's also grace that can win them back. Again, there's got to be judgment. There's got to be correction. I'm not saying that. But there's grace also can really help and mold a family. God takes concern for our kids. The greatest gift, I think, for my father or a father, I should say, is many times is just to say, get back up, you're okay. I don't want my dad to coddle me. Looking back, I thank God my dad didn't coddle me. When I fell down, or when you see your son or daughter fall down, it's usually mom that runs to them. Oh, my baby, my oh, my baby, and they're crying. What do dads do? Get up. Thinking, is that all you got? Is a broken arm? I had two broken arms and a broken leg when I was your age. Get up. You're not that bad. And not that we don't care. We care. Inside, we're like, oh, man, it's going to be a medical bill. I don't got the money for that, man. Can't we, can't we put a butt fly on that? Amen. I remember my son. I know you, you probably heard the story. He jumped off the roof, and I dropped him. And, and, and he, he hit his shoulder, and I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. And he's crying. Amen. I said, stop, shh, shh, shh. I wasn't worried about his shoulder. I was worried about his mom coming out and finding out. I had him on the roof, and I told him to jump, and I catch him, and I didn't. I said, "Man, shut up, shut up. Okay, you're all right. You're right. Uh, you're right. Right. Look at over there. Look at that bird. Look at the bird. Uh, just stop crying, man. Grow up, man. Be tough. <laughs> Even though he walks like this, <laughs> you're all right. But it's okay." Sometimes, amen, we don't realize that can be the greatest gift is, man, sometimes is, man, just get over it. You made a mistake. Did you repent? Yes. Then get over it. You've messed up in life. Some of the greatest words to say, you know what, suck it up. You repented. You've caused this thing to come in your life. Did you repent? Yes. Or if you haven't, man, you need to get repent. You need to get saved. You need to get born again. And get over it. You made a mistake. Get over it. And let's go on for God. Words, again, are not flowery or soft, but sometimes filled with grace at the times when we don't really even realize it. Many times, I remember one time incident, my incident, I, had, I was wrestling and I lost a match, and I was very embarrassed. And I went out in the hall. I was pouting, and I'm yelling and screaming out there. And, and, and my father came out into the hallway. My wrestling mates are in the wrestling room. They're out there. And he says, are you, what are you doing out here? I said, man, Dad, you don't understand. You don't understand. He says, I do understand, and you better get your butt back in there, or I'll throw you back in there. 
Okay. Go went back in there. There was no love in that voice. There's no concern for his son's emotions. You don't understand, Dad. He was going to emote with me. Oh, my boy, what's wrong? Mom would have done that. Who picked on you? There's that guy over there, Mom. My dad said, get back in there. Get back in there. You got beat? Face it. You made a mistake? Face it. And get back in there and be the man you're called to be. There's no grace in that. But when I look back, it was filled with grace. I just didn't see grace. Didn't understand grace. He was telling me the best way he could as a father. This is not what you're supposed to do. As a young man, you need to do things and get right and face your mistakes. That's not grace. That is grace. He could have destroyed my life. He said, you know what, get back in and do it again. Many times in our mistakes, amen, is we need to learn to restore as fathers. Can you restore somebody? Can you restore somebody? Can We can bring judgment. But can you restore somebody? See, the gift of retrieving is something very powerful. I never have shot an arrow, but I looked one up, uh, again, how to actually do it. They say when you shoot an arrow and it's missing its mark, goes into the trees, goes somewhere else where it's not supposed to. They say don't pull the arrow out by its targets from the nook or the fetch, fletching end, whatever that is, the end. Don't touch that. Do. It says always attempt to pull the arrow out as close to the point as possible thus not destroying the, the, I guess, the nook or the fletching end, whatever those things are. Just go down, and there's a proper way to retrieve an arrow. I didn't know that. There's a proper way to retrieve and redeem people. It's a proper way. Because if you do it right, you can redeem it. But if you do it wrong, you can really hurt it. And part of the Father's job, I believe, is redemption. A lot of it rests on you, Dad. Is how you redeem people, how you redeem people, but also how you redeem others. Your kids, your wife, your family is a very, very powerful thing in redemption. And this is what we need to have is redeeming factors in our lives. Bad mistakes come. Father, you will fail at life. Society hates their fathers. They don't like them. We have a, a whole generation that has grown up without father and hating their fathers. But yet, there's something about if you can do right, man, you can redeem lives and hearts. They need to see that. They need to see. We need to see redemption in our lives and our hearts. A bad man can change. A sinner can change his ways because of the blood of Jesus Christ. A father that has made mistakes can now all of a sudden change his course and say, you know what, I've made some mistakes, but son, daughter, I'm going to serve God. And there lies God's grace. is restoring people that have made mistakes in life. Not to let their sin go bye-bye. And so oh, we're just going to ignore that. No, you repent. You deal with it. I go, Father, you've done messed up. Face it. But also let's get over it. Let's go on. Let's get restored. Easy Eddie O'Hara was wanted, actually, he was a, a mob informant. O'Hara used to continue to rake in money, and his, he was a, actually Al Capone's bookie. But Easy Eddie had a son named Butch O'Hara, or Eddie Jr., and he's starting to realize his son's growing up. 
He's now of the age he's going to go to high school, and he wants to go to the Naval Academy. Easy Eddie is in a mob. He's in the mob. He's really deep into Al Capone's uh, cohorts. He's really deep. He says, I need to start changing. I need to start changing. If my son's ever going to get into the Naval Academy, he needs to have a recommendation. But if they find out that he's linked to me, Easy Eddie, who's a mob connection, he has connections. He's a bad dude. My son won't ever get in. He says, that moment in that part of his life, he said, you know what? I need to make some changes. I need to change something. He's a bad guy. A bad guy makes a right decision. He says, I'm going to turn in Al Capone. He turns in Al Capone, and Al Capone gets jailed from 1939 or 33 to 1939. He goes into Alcatraz prison because of this man's testimony. He had him, and they were not going to get Al Capone any other way. So this guy says, I'm going to dime him out. I'm going to try to do right. I'm going to try to do right because why? My son needs to see a noble deed. I'm doing this for my son. Unfortunately, Al Capone had connection in Easy Eddie was gunned down many weeks later after Al Capone was set up. He died. And out of that, Butch O'Hara went on to become a Naval Academy graduate. His father, I believe, dies in 1939, or they kill him in 1933, I'm sorry. But he goes on and becomes a Medal of Honor. This is Butch O'Hara. Becomes a Medal of Honor winner. Saves the USS Lexington in Battle of World War II. Powerful bad midway. You hear about him? He got, get, wins a Medal of Honor. And Chicago International Airport is named Chicago O'Hara Airport. Named after Butch O'Hara, whose father was Easy Eddie, a mob connection, mob boss in Chicago. A bad man can change. A bad man can change. A bad man, one's actions can change a whole lot of bad being done. A father should be able to restore. A father can learn and be redeemed. If you've made some mistakes in life, can I tell you there's a grace and mercy of God that you can be redeemed. There's a grace of God for our lives as a fathers, as sinners. Moms, dad, brothers, sisters, whoever's out, amen, you need to get saved and find the grace of God and God can move upon our lives. And I say this is that we can learn a lot from of redemption. It's really rests a lot of it on us as fathers. Luke 15, verse 20 says, And he rose and came to his father. But when he is still a great way off, his father saw him. And then compassion, and he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. It was my father that I learned redemption. It was my father that I seen care for people. It was my father that saw the concern for his son. When I was out sinning, my dad, I came home from the Marine Corps, I was on leave, and I was a little bit intoxicated. He was waiting for me. He didn't have to say anything. You, what are you doing? He knew what he was. He says, Wayne, I need to talk to you. We went out to a restaurant that night. I'm trying to hide my intoxication from him. Here's an alcoholic knows knows it. He says he can see who I am and what I've done. He starts talking to me about his life and how this is a dead-end road. He didn't rebuke me, correct me, you're an idiot. He said, son, be careful what you're doing. And in that grace, I was listening to that. I didn't get saved at the time. 
but have saw my life as a man of God. He cares. He spoke words of advice. Son, don't do these things. Be careful. Be careful. This is a dead-end road. And because of that, I believe because he's been redeemed, he learned to also redeem me, redeem others. It was a story of the prodigal. For some reason, we don't hear about the mother, but it was the father. It was the father that went to him. It was the father that redeemed things. He already prepared for this day. He didn't have to wait. Oh, hold on, my son's coming. He was waiting. He was concerned. He says, my son, my daughter, they're going to come home. They're going to come home one day. And when they do come home, I'm prepared because that's my heart, is redemption of a soul. He had the fatted calf. He didn't go out to feed it anymore. It was already ready. He already had the robe. He had the ring. He had it ready for that day of redemption when he said, my son's going to come home. It was the father that spoke the words. It was the father that showed compassion. Was he a great father? From my story, probably was a tremendous father. But his sons made mistakes. Sometimes our kids make mistakes. Family makes mistakes. But instead of judging them and condemning them, there's got to be judgment. Don't get me wrong. But grace. Can we also redeem? There's something about redemption. It was my father that I learned grace. Through the tough words, through the quiet voice, but yet stern. It's those moments that a father can only speak, that a son can understand. It's those moments, maybe to a daughter, it's this daughter, that only a father can speak, that says, you know what, this is not good, what you're doing. And to have those guidelines, I don't like him, but I'm glad he spoke to me. It's grace, it's redemption, it's hope. Arrows in the hand of God. The whole purpose of a father giving those kids is that God, we would turn them over, these arrows, our kids, to God. We This morning we had dedication of a child, amen, unto God. That's an arrow in the hand of God. God, do with this child as you want. But God, give me the understanding how to mold this child, how to shape this arrow, to make this arrow as straight as I can. But God, in your hands, I place this arrow. And I tell you, if men will be men and rise up and pray and seek God and do what's right, you're going to make mistakes. But at the time, and then God gets involved. God helps us. God restores. It was God that talked to the prodigal son. It was God, but a father being there, ready to restore, ready to guide, ready to direct, has a powerful, powerful influence in society. 1 Samuel 15, 22, and Samuel said, as the Lord great, as, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice, as obedient to the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of the rams. Fathers, the greatest thing you can do is be obedient to the call of God. Be obedient to the call of God and set an exampleship for your children and if they do make mistakes, redeem them. But remember, you gave them to God. 
And many times the greatest thing is, man, God, I give them to you again. God, I give it to you again. I give them to you again. And God, do what you want with my family. Because in the hands of the great archer, the great bow, bowsman, I guess. Oh, in the hand of God, he can take your kids and shoot them to regions beyond. The thing about a father is that we always want you to do better. I don't want you to be like me. Do better. How much more, God, I want my kids to do far greater than me. I want them to do far greater than me. Not in money-wise, that's great and it's a blessing, but in the kingdom of God. Oh, God, take my kids and in your hand, if you want to shoot them anywhere, in the will of God, you direct them. God, please send them in your destiny. But it takes, amen, a man and woman of God that will serve God, a father that will say, you know, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to be obedient to the call of God for my life, and I'm going to fasten that thing. I'm going to fasten it as best I can, and it's going to be a little bent. It's going to be not perfect, but I'm going to try my best because God has given me these things. But I place them in the hand of God, and God, you do your will. We have not seen what God wants to do with our lives, our kids. There's a generation, but, oh, God sees the beyond. God sees the beyond. Amen. And the power of God is able to touch our lives to regions beyond. But also, you never realize in the hand of God what your kids could do beyond you because God gets involved. It's never too late. It's never too late. God is. 